0: Hello and welcome to Be Easy with Dr. Ryan and Kat. I'm Kat.
1: And I'm Dr. Ryan.
0: Happy to be here with you, Dr. Ryan. It's
1: nice to be with you as well.
0: Happy anniversary.
1: Hey, happy anniversary.
0: I'm excited to talk about this, or I guess not really talk about this, read about this um, on the day, eight years from the day that we got married, which is
1: beautiful. Yeah, this is the, the second episode that we're recording today, and this is... Just a space for you to share something that is really meaningful for you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So um, we're definitely going to do another podcast episode on this topic in the future, um, where we actually are making it a conversation. Um, but what I'm going to be sharing today is actually a narration of something that I wrote last year, October 2022.
1: So while, while you narrate this, I too am simply just a listener. And I get to take this in just like all of you who are taking this in maybe in your car or at home right now. Beautiful. So, yeah, it's really nice to be here.
0: Yay. All right. <clears throat> so, this week last year, I shared on social media about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. Love. The following will be a narration from my original posts from October 2022. The details of the years, dates, and times have not been amended from the original post. Here we go. Over the last few months and years, something I've learned about myself is that I love freaking hard. I have a crazy amount of love to share with the world, and my love sometimes feels boundless in a way that's not typically accepted by our society's standards. My opportunities to practice have increased over the last few months as well, whether in the form of new people to love or chances to love beyond something that's undesirable. It's been an absolute joy to delve deeper into these thoughts, and I hope that you can resonate with them as well. As always, I'd love to know what you think. Part one, unconditional love. We've all heard the words, but how often have we really considered the true meaning of the concept? Loving without conditions. Loving without even the expectation of being loved back. But so much of our love has an edge of, but I'd love you more if. And almost every I love you automatically contains a tenuous waiting for the I love you too, to bounce right back to us. The concept of unconditional love ideally came to us early from our parents. Maybe you had the kind of parents who really freaking meant it and showed it. But maybe you had the kinds of parents who, even if they didn't say it, you could sense would love you more if you were quiet, calmer, got better grades, weren't so X, or did more Y. This isn't about parenting, but when we grow up with these parameters on how worthy we are of love, it makes it easier for us to put those same parameters on how we end up loving others in the future. For most of us, that conditional, unconditional love, extended out into our friendships and relationships. How many of us have had a partner that we would have loved more if they were or weren't blank or did or didn't do blank? Or a friend that we loved sometimes, but perhaps our love wavers when they blank? How many of us have had a beautiful loving partnership only to immediately flip that love to hate and disdain when the relationship didn't work out in the end? And beyond others, how many of us love ourselves without conditions? Probably even fewer. This year, the concept of unconditional love has been huge for me. My 2022 thesis, as it were. But I've been thinking about and practicing this for much longer than the last nine months. In fact, regarding love relationships, I'm still friends with all of my ex-boyfriends. My post-college boyfriend and I are still in the same friend group, and we're even closer pals than we were before we started dating. And the ex partner who shook up my life and world like a snow globe is one of the people I can be most candidly myself with, even a whole decade later. Both of these examples, plus the few others I always wish happy birthday to and check in about their kiddos, are blasphemous to many, to many people in our culture and society who believe that once a relationship is over, the love that was there automatically sours into hate or at least apathy. I'm not saying that the love still exists in the same way as it was when we were dating, or even the same intensity, but these people knew me, changed me, loved me, and I still deeply value their presence in my life. Part two. In part one, I shared some thoughts about the concept of unconditional love, the way it can be transferred to us from our parents, the way society does not truly support it, and the way that we can still hold love and respect for the people with whom we share romantic relationships. In this part, my unconditional love concept floats into the realm of friends. I'll preface this share with the fact that I still have the same best friend I met in first grade, 28 years strong, even though we haven't lived in the same place for 21 of those years. We've had our silly little ups and downs, but literally nothing can shake our foundation of practical sisterhood. We are not the same as we were or as each other, but those differences just make our lives more beautiful. My other long-term bestie and I met just two years before I moved 3,000 miles away, and we're celebrating 23 years of our glorious union, during which we had a few college and beyond years when we barely talked more than a handful of times. Needless to say, I have a lot of practice maintaining long-distance friendships and keeping the love that's worth it alive. While my heart is overflowing with gratitude for these beautiful women and their unconditional friendship, not everyone feels the same way about reciprocating love. A few months ago, two deeply significant people in my life decided that they could not abide or practice unconditional love and informed me of it in myriad cruel and hurtful ways, hilariously after my own attestations of unending love and support. My heart felt broken and betrayed and I cried for a few cumulative hours. But you know what else I felt? Love. Deep, unwavering love. While I can see their actions as hateful and mean, I can also undeniably sense the fact that these people are hurting and not at peace. With decades of love for them imprinted on my heart and etched into my brain, their words can never hurt me. Permanently. After sitting with initial feelings of sadness, tragedy, loss, and pain, All I'm left with is love, love, love. Memories of our time together, our laughs, our adventures, and the profound love I know we shared are a million times more powerful than a few silly sentences aimed at breaking my spirit. With every share of these anecdotes, I feel more deeply the love and peace I'm wishing for these people, taking the power away from the cruelty and enmity and putting it back on the love and affection. No matter what they said or how they chose to do it, I still hold such a deep well of love for them. More than anything, including their friendships, I want them each to find peace, powerful love, joy in life, and that deep inner knowing that they are wonderful people at their core, unconditional love for themselves. I know that they are not in that place right now, after all, hurt people hurt people, but I will continue to hold that vision for them both. Because you know what? It takes a lot less energy to love than it takes to hate. Part three. Over the last couple days, I've been sharing some thoughts on unconditional love, the practice and reception of which has been a bit of a theme for me over this last year. I think it's something that we as a society don't think about and definitely don't practice enough. And I hope that perhaps these little nuggets will go out into the world and create a little more love. As you may know, I recently went to Burning Man for the fourth time. I feel most myself out on the playa, AKA at Burning Man. And I believe that most people express their most true selves out there as well. Without the expectations or burdens of the default world, We get to be our silly selves, our loving selves, our most open selves, our most weird, ridiculous, authentic selves. For me, that's cracking more jokes, usually off-color, so I don't do that quite as much in my regular life. Wearing even weirder clothes than normal, or no clothes at all. And generally, a lot more physical contact. I probably hugged 250 people. Additionally, just feeling like I can be more open and expressive with my thoughts and emotions, establishing friendships and connections quickly and deeply, and broadly being more accepting of who I am and who other people are. This year was extra special on the unconditional love front, as the unintended theme of my burn was connection. There were some folks at camp that I've known since 2013. A few others I got to know pretty well back in 2018 and still some that I just met, and boy do I love them all. While I don't live, nor have I ever lived, in the same place as many of these people, while well, we don't get to hang out outside of Burning Man, and while I likely wouldn't number among any one of their friends, the immense amount of love I gave and received was explosive. Midway through the week, a big group of us all got dressed up in white and went out to get our groove on. All of my favorite people were there, some of my favorite music was playing, and I was just overcome by the crazy amount of love for Hey. The love I had for these silly strangers. Some people who met me right after I met my would-be husband nine years ago. Some people I've seen just for a few days every few years. Some people I met a week ago. Love, love, love. So I started going around to each person and professing my deep love and admiration par for the course at Burning Man, and in my life. After my personalized proclamations of love, I fell headfirst into the vortex of rave dancing, one of my favorite things to do, next to hula hooping and swinging, both of which I did a lot of at Burning Man. During my dance, I had this weird thought come through. Do you even know these people? How can you possibly love them? What even is that person's name?
1: What even is a
0: name? what is that person actually like and what do they do with their life? I looked around at my squad and that's when the thought was squashed by the feeling. Of course I know these people. I can sense their spirit and their soul. I can almost literally feel myself surrounded by their love and support for me and the fire that we create when we look into each other's eyes. And that's when the more profound and true thought came through. It does not matter what that person's name is, what they do for a job, what kind of food they eat, what kind of clothes they wear, what kind of car they drive, how they decorate their house, what spiritual or political beliefs they subscribe to, how they move their body, what books they've read, or even if they can read at all. What matters is love, 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 love. And then I swung my arms around my nearest pal and we continued to dance the night away, all awash in affection. So much of the time we automatically label people as other, unknown, or not lovable, even if we don't really know who they are. Perhaps it's because of who they vote for or what they've shared on social media or because they don't blah, blah, blah the same way that you do. But if we continually push people away who are ever so slightly different from us, we'll ultimately be left with no one. I encourage you to see if you can find love for someone who thinks differently than you or looks differently than you Or does, says, is something that you disagree with. Because the ultimate truth is that we are all worthy of love, strangers and all. Part four I'm so floored by the beautiful reactions to my series about unconditional love. I've received many little notes and anecdotes from folks as evidence that the love is still alive. Part one was a dip into the concept of unconditional love and a little bit about how we can learn to access it in present and past relationships. Part two was about friendships and how we can still hold love and respect for someone who's hurt us. Part three was about strangers and how we can learn to love people beyond all the silly minutia we think that matters. Newsflash, it doesn't. And here we are at part four. What good is loving ex-boyfriends, old pals who did us wrong, and random strangers we just met if we can't love ourselves? She asks as she sits here staring at her computer screen trying to decide what to say. Self-love is probably one of the hardest things for most of us to really sink into, and I'm no exception. While it could extend my previous three parts of love writings into a book, or a series of young adult novels, trying to tell you how to love yourself is as foreign to me as trying to teach you how to play cricket. Uh, there's a ball, I think? But maybe that's the thing. Self-love doesn't follow a guide, and it doesn't just happen. It's filling your cup from a trickling sink, stacking a tower of Jenga one block at a time, crocheting a blanket one loop at a time. Perhaps that's too personally relevant an example. It's one thing after one thing after one thing at a time. As my favorite yoga quote goes, practice makes practicing easier. Maybe it's spending one extra minute looking into your own eyes in the mirror and not berating yourself. Maybe it's lovingly applying lotion to your body or face. Or making the choice to eat some broccoli instead of another donut. Or reading a self-development book instead of starting another series on Netflix. If we do a little something every day to love ourselves a little bit more, then ultimately our own cup will be full. I've never been one of those self-love gurus. In fact, it's always been a bit of a hurdle for me to accept myself for who I am, feeling like I'm naturally different than most of those around me. But over the last few months and years, it's gotten easier and easier for me to see myself in a more positive light, or some of the ways that people see me, the nice ways, I mean, not the cruel ex-friend ways. Some of that ease has been because of my amazing hubby, who I think is a self-love guru. Some of it has come through other ways of seeing myself, astrology, human design, Enneagram, etc. And some of it from my amazingly supportive friends and allies who shower me with love and remind me that it's my weirdness that makes me special. I'm never one for advice posts. Even my previous thoughts on unconditional love are not telling you what to do or how to do it, just what I've encountered and how I've found more peace living my life. So instead of fretting myself trying to make this post extremely pre- extremely special and profound and how to, I'm going to leave you with this. I hope that you can learn how to love yourself a little bit more today. And if you feel like sharing those thoughts or practices, please do. And in the meantime, I hope that you also practice loving your lovers and friends, past, present and future, finding compassion and appreciation for strangers, and tapping into that deep well of love inside that's reserved for just you. Part 5 Over the last few days, I've shared four posts about unconditional love. It's been such a joy to write and share these thoughts, things that have been high on my mind for years, and especially over the last few months. While the reception to my posts this week have been overwhelmingly positive, on social media and beyond. I know that my thoughts on unconditional love can be rather controversial. For example, I've written posts in the past about how I'm friends with my exes and had folks comment that that's unhealthy or a slippery slope or perhaps a jealousy-inducing cocktail for our current partners. I understand that for some folks, being close to your exes might not be a possibility or a desire, but my thoughts on the matter stand. If this was a person you cared about enough to love and share a part of your life with, then why would your love just immediately disappear the moment of breakup? Again, this is assuming a breakup that isn't toxic or wasn't born of misdeeds or caused pain. Shifting a love relationship into a friendship or a pirate ship takes mutual understanding, and in the case of current partners, trust. Similarly, I know that my stance on still sending love and compassion to the ex-friends of mine who were really quite mean to me might seem outlandish. Why not just hate them instead? Because fostering and maintaining hate takes so much more energy that I don't want to waste just to try to match their own hateful attitudes. It took a lot less intensity in my heart to see that these people are clearly in a lot of psychic pain than it would be to get all slanderous back at them. We have to be aware of the times that it's not worth it to match someone else's vibration. And surely my, love on having, my thoughts on having love for strangers could be heavily contested. What kind of psycho tells people they just met a week ago that they love them? This kind of psycho, I mean this kind of person who just says what they feel, who still means what they said and who will continue to find love for people they meet. A life full of love is a beautiful one and I choose to continue surrounding myself with love as often as I can. As I shared in my post yesterday about unconditional self-love, I haven't always been this way. In fact, I used to be a lot more spicy with my attitudes about people. I've had nemeses, friends turned enemies, and heated arguments with strangers. In the past, I would have declared that I'd never be friends with someone who's such-and-such, or decided that I automatically didn't like a person I'd never even talked to. But again, what kind of life is that? I certainly wasn't as happy with myself or life or anything. It would be easier to never talk to my exes again, even though they knew me so well and we had so much fun together. It would be easier to say, screw those guys, I hope their lives suck about old friends who are mean to me, even though we have decades of friendship and compassion between us. It would be easier to just move through life alone never making eye contact or smiling at people and never sharing beautiful moments with strangers, even though we're all out here on this delicious journey that we call life, picking up pockets of joy and magic wherever we can get it. So there you have it, most of my thoughts on unconditional love, albeit from a slightly different perspective from the one which, from which we typically think about love. I really hope that you've also resonated with this perspective. It's been beautiful to hear what you think, and to learn more about how we are all practicing loving more. I love you, Kat. And back to the present moment Mm -hmm. of October 2023, where I am still floored by these concepts, still holding love for my old friends and lovers, still finding new strangers to love, and even more stoked to hear your thoughts on this concept. I'd love for you to hit us up on social media at b.easy.now or join our pod squad on Patreon at patreon.com slash B underscore easy. This has been such a joy to write and reread, and I hope that my thoughts have inspired you to find a little
1: more love in your life. (sighs) Thank you so much for sharing.
0: Thank you for being here and listening to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I am looking forward to unpacking a lot of this with you. Yeah and i think there's a lot that we can share about who we are together as well in the process of all of this that yeah i think is going to be a lot of fun
0: i love it yeah let's count it out oh yeah that was a fist bump you can't hear it
1: yeah or we could do our handshake Uh,
0: yeah you also can't hear that
1: that's true yeah (laughs) but it is pretty epic it is epic yeah
0: Awesome, thank you all so much for being here. This was fun.
1: And thanks for sharing your love.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: It's a big part of who you are and it's a big part of of what you bring to the people that you interact with and how you impact not only the people but also the rest of the nouns, the the places and the things. Yes. (laughs) And Um, it's just the way that you continue to choose to show up in this world that I think is not only the guiding light for yourself But also, that can be reflected in how you inspire those around you. Mm -hmm. So,
0: thank you so much. Yeah, I
1: love you so much. I
0: love you too. And I love you too, listener, even though I don't know you.
1: Yeah, I love you too. (laughs) See you next time. (laughs)